Hello, I'm Brian Foster. Today I'm talking about spiritism. Today is October 26, 2021. Before we begin, let's have a short prayer. Dear Jesus, please help us in our journey for our spirituality to learn and to love and to grow. And please help us understand why we are here on earth that lovingly you sent us for us to learn and grow through our experiences and help us learn from those experiences and become better people and triumph over our trials and tribulations. Amen. So today is I'm going to continue chapter one in Through the Mist, Coming Through the Mist. And this is when the, the, the spirit, who is a very nice guy, of course, he wants to be anonymous, um, it's just died, right? And he kind of told about him. He was he was kind of a bit of a mythanthrope. He was, but very religious. Didn't like the hypocrisy of the church, but he believed. He went and went to the worst parts of London, helped people, and all that. So, um, so before I begin with continuing chapter one, for those who are interested in Spiritism, I would recommend that you download uh, my free PDF, Spiritism 101, The Third Revelation. You can do that on my site right here, nwspiritism.com. And that's free. It's also in French. Of course, if you want, you get it in, in uh, Kindle paperback or Audible format. And then what I would do next is to really read the headwaters of spiritism is the Alan Kardec, the spirits book. Alan Kardec is the codifier. The spirit of truth is the consoler, who was a spirit that organizes other spirits that Alan Kardec asked 1,019 questions, and he had mediums throughout different geographical locations in Europe, asked questions of these spirits, and he did not use the answers unless they're the same or similar. Now, this is much different than we have. A lot of people channeling individual spirits and getting wisdom and a lot of these things are very valid but what i'm saying is alan kardec wanted to make sure that he had kind of the the whole group of higher spirits and made sure that there was not any miscommunication or mistakes and what he found out is you know spirits are like us spirits die they may not be that educated they may think they know something but they don't we've all we've all been there okay let's go to chapter one and we will continue let me hide this uh, wait, where's where's that? I want to show this up real quick. So remember, our friend who who died, he's gonna he all of a sudden he he dies, and he's going to just appear on this grassy hill, and yet he still thinks he's the same. So why does he still think he's the same? Because we are we are composed of three parts or two parts all the time. One, the third part is why we're on earth, but we are the spirit, the paraspirit. The paraspirit is our covering. And when we're in human form, it covers and attaches to every cell in the human body. This is why we need to go through progressive reincarnations is from lower, lower organisms. So they, that paraspirit can understand and learn how to control more and more complex systems. So when he showed up on that hill, he thought he was still himself because the paraspirit is the model for which the physical body is based on. And he, he was still there. He, he looked no different. 
So with that information, let us go to the text. Oh, I was reclining upon the grass of what can only be described as the auditorium of an immense but natural amphitheater with the arena occupied by a multitude who appear to be engaged in the reception of strangers. So he's on this grassy, probably this, you know, this, this slope, kind of a circular slope, whom they were welcoming and congratulating, if only I could have understood it. The scene would have been as pleasing as it was brilliant, but under the circumstances, my feelings were more of curiosity than of appreciation. Of course, under the circumstances, he just rescued this boy, right? And he was holding him in his arms and the boy had fallen asleep by then. It resembled the performance in an elaborate tableau of which I held no descriptive program being alike ignorant of the place, the players, and the purpose. This was all that I could understand. There were two classes of persons represented. The one, evidently residents, attired in garments embracing almost every shade of color with which I was familiar, and some, the like of which I'd never seen before, and therefore have no means to make you understand. So, the garments are almost every shade of color. So, this, these are spirits, and... In the spirit world, as a general rule, there's always exceptions everywhere. But one's garments, and, and a lot of people they will they will wear certain color of of you know of stones, diamonds, rubies, whatever. There'll be different colors of stones. And from the color of the garment and mostly from the color of their stones, you can kind of tell where who they work for and what group they work. And and also the level of spirit that they are in, in the spiritual hierarchy of heaven. Now, many people have different ways of going through the levels of heaven. I know Chico Xavier had some. Some people say seven. Some people say, say three. But uh, well, I, I, I kind of use the ones from given by spirits of the Reverend Jeeval and say there's ten. Now, when I say ten levels, it's a, there's, there's all sorts of graduations and so forth. So these are just kind of gross groupings and and the levels of heaven i'm talking about are just the ones around the earth there are other over other planets or other levels of heaven over the solar system there's a bigger level of heaven around that so on and so forth so there's there's and they say look we're you know if you think that just because you're in the sixth or seventh level of heaven you're far up there you know that that's nothing compared to what's above you it, it, there's just some you're in mortal life you're not going to get bored. I, I'll guarantee you, you're not going to get bored. If you do, you come back and, and we'll talk. And I'll say I, I was wrong, but I, I don't think so. Okay. Um, and some of the like of which never seen before, and therefore have no means to make you understand. The others, by far the smaller of the two, gave me the idea of strangers who, having just arrived, stood in need of help and assistance so freely proffered. Where did they come from? I asked myself. To this, I was unable to find a somewhat satisfactory reply. Before me lay a plain across which numbers were continually coming and going at its further side. I saw a heavy bank of fog lying, the outlines of which were boldly portrayed as if confined within certain limitations. The atmosphere, 
was so unusually clear that although the fog was perhaps some two miles distance from where I lay, this was his senses that was two miles, I could easily discern that they entered the plane from that direction. So there's this, this fog, and this is typical of sight in the spirit world, is you can, you can see very far, but then things kind of, it's not like the earth where the, the, the curvature of the earth stops or there's just too much atmosphere between. But what you can see is, is that you can see as far and the higher spirit you are, the farther you can see, but he could see fog and that fog was probably showing that the, the, the parameters of where he was versus another plane of maybe just coming into heaven or something like that. We'll see as he talks more. I, I could easily discern they entered the plane from that direction. I now became intensely interested in something which baffled my powers to determine whether it was real or an optical illusion. I noticed that the variegated color of the dresses worn by those who went from us toward the mist gradually faded until in the distance, but one uniform tone of gray was visible. On the contrary, as they returned, as they returned, the original hues were as mysteriously restored. It seemed to me at length as if some magical influence was exerted by that vapor, or that the plane was one which might legitimately be called enchanted. So probably what happened is the people who had these different colors, they went through the fog, and, and when they were in the fog, they, it looked like there was no colors. They went and probably got the person that they were in charge of to bring them back to this area of uh, this landing zone let's say of heaven and then their colors return the moment i saw the fog i was conscious of a cold chill running through me not due to any change of temperature which was warm and genial and that's that's a, a, a something you'll see all throughout people in heaven it says the, the temperature really doesn't change it's it's you know what is comfortable and the atmosphere doesn't change. And in the higher levels of, of heaven, there's no like night and day. Only, only that which uh, on the lower levels of heaven is more kind of on schedule with the earth, depending where you are, right? In whatever time zone, because those like first three levels of what spirits tell us, those people are more tied to the earth and more still somewhat material and culturally based and therefore they uh, they they want to be they wish to be part of that and they haven't risen above knowing that you know you know what your culture is not important we're all brothers and sisters in in this world we're all spirits learning to be better okay but such as one experiences at the thought of leaving a cozy fire to become enveloped in the piercing mist of autumn or early winter what caused this is more than I can say. Perhaps it was sympathy with those I saw emerging from such surroundings. For many were so overcome, they scarcely had the strength to reach the open plain. While for some, while for some the watchers plunged into the mist and carried them through, others being borne all the way across the plain before they had the power to stand upon their feet. How long I was thus employed, I cannot tell. But suddenly my attention was attracted to someone standing beside me, and I arose. For the first time, becoming aware that the slope whereon I had been sitting was occupied by many, evidently strangers, like myself. 
This, however, did not interest me so much just then as it would previously have done, all my mind being centered upon the person who stood beside me in the hope that he would be able to solve the problem so perplexing to me. So he, now he's finding the spirit who came to meet him on this grassy slope. He, he divined my purpose before I had time to frame a question, and stretching out his hand towards a still sleeping lad, said, there is someone coming who will answer all your inquiries. My duty is to take the boy. Okay, so this is the spirit to, to take the boy. Now, as he's saying this whole thing that's happening to him, remember that the almost everyone has different uh, experiences of when they pass over from the physical life to back home, right? To back to the spirit life. And even those who are going to heaven in some way, they could be taken, they could be taken to little hospitals. They could be taken, you know, all sorts of, of, of things. And if, uh, and if they were pretty knowledgeable spirits, they may say, okay, oh, you're back. Let's get to work. Right. So, you know, who knows? So here they're, they're, they're gently putting him into the spirit world. He goes, take the boy, I answered, scarcely knowing whether I ought to give him up. Where? Home? Yes. But how shall we get back? How did we come here? Where are we? You must be patient for a little while, he answered. Then you will know and understand all about it. But tell me, is this delirium or a dream? No, you'll find you have been dreaming. Now you are awake. Of course, he means that you, you, you in the physical world, this is this is fate, right? This is not where you live. This is where the physical world, you're here just for a while and you're in this artificial uh, circumstance on this campus called Earth. And I always keep saying it's like a, 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 a simulator, right? You're in this artificial environment and the purpose is for you to, to change your character and your attitude for the better. And, and this is, you'll see this. The other thing I like to say is you'll see this is a common theme all throughout when you first get into heaven because you want to know everything. I go, no, be patient. It's not going to tell you everything because you're not ready for it. The spirit world is going to treat you like a patient at first. And, and you're not going to give you stuff that's going to confuse you or make you nervous or stressed. And so a lot of times you'll find uh, spirits will say, well, why can't I remember all my past lives? And they'll say, well, you're not ready for that. And believe me, you're probably not ready for that because uh, what I've learned about my past lives, I have not been a good person. And I think most, and you know, the reason we're here on earth, earth is the planet of atonement. Now we are becoming a planet of regeneration is we haven't led exemplary past lives because if we had, we wouldn't be here. So these people who want past life regression to say, Oh, you know, I was princess so-and-so or I was Cleopatra or I was, you know, Prince Valiant or something like that. Well, if you really were a very good person who had uh, was in charge of, of uh, empires or, or whatever, and you treated everybody nice and you're honest, then I would say that you wouldn't be here. No, if you were in a position of power, most obviously, like probably I was, or I've been told I was, you uh, were corrupt and now you're here still atoning for what we, we've done before. So a lot of people are not ready to learn the crimes that you committed because we all have this, this fantasy, me included, of how we were. But now my fantasy has been destroyed, right? Because anything I've ever been told about my past lives has always been negative. So 
So anyway, so I realize that. So anyway, let's carry on. Then please tell me where we are and how we came here. I'm so perplexed to know that. You are in a land of surprises, but you need not fear. It will bring for you nothing but rest and compensation. That only increases my difficulty, I said entreatingly. But just now was night in London, where I saved that boy from being run over. Then everything faded like a flash, and I found we were here. Where then is this place? What do you call it? The land of immortality. What? Dead? How? So now he just, okay, he said, at first, now think about it. Think about that when you die, you're in this like totally different world, and your rational mind is trying to say, okay, where am I? And you read this a lot in, with people's uh, in the spirit uh, in spirit writings and even NDEs. And, and there's this one, and imagine, think about the spirit who hasn't been a good person. It doesn't end up in heaven and feels comfortable and the weather's great. There is this one uh, excellent passage in Paul and Albert. And in Paul and Albert, this doctor, uh, at the end of the 19th century, um, died. And he, he was a doctor that cared more about making money than his patients. And he had done some pretty bad things. And he woke up in this dingy house. His clothes were ill-fitting. And his first thought is that he was kidnapped. But he wasn't. He was in a pretty lower zone, uh, uh, purgatory, right? There's no eternal hell, eternal punishment. Uh, there is there is land you go according to the law of affinity where you're with people who are like you. And that's punishment enough. But hopefully that gives you a clue that maybe you shouldn't be that way. Okay, I'll carry on. I was conscious of falling back a, st a step as a stupendous announcement fell upon my ears. But there's something so reassuring in his manner that I instinctively returned and grasped the hand he held out to give me welcome. Among all the theories by which I had tried to solve the mystery, this one had never suggested itself. It would not have been entertained for a moment if it had, while the unexpected surroundings would have warranted me in, in dismissing it. I was astonished at the unquestioning faith with which I accepted his declaration while sympathetic composure absolutely forbade any sense of agitation as a startling truth, which was fully comprehended. So here's a, a spirit who, who through many lives had learned to be composed and calm and exude this, this aura of love, but and wisdom and discernment. That's what we're here. That's what we're here to learn to do this. No, not dead, he replied after a moment's pause. Did you ever know dead men to talk and be surprised? When a boy leaves home for school or a school to take his part in the more serious events of life, when a girl leaves her father's for her husband's home, have you been in the habit of saying they were dead? Certainly not. Neither are you right in supposing you're dead since passing through the change which has overtaken you. But I have made an unmistakable exit from one world and an entrance into another. Therefore, while I am alive to this new life, I am dead to that which I left behind. And the spirit answered, you will now be called upon to enlarge your conceptions and your ideas. As your homes on earth are separate habitations and nations from the dominions of different kings, so the various states and worlds in this life become the many mansions in the universal kingdom of our father God. 
Therefore, you are only dead to earth in the same way as a schoolboy dies as a scholar, but has a greater power of a teacher, or as the girl ceases to be a resident and becomes a visitor. Well, that, that, that is so true. The spirits tell us that the physical world is a subset of the spirit world. And even uses the idea of school, right? We were in school, now we're out of school. So why, so it's, it's like saying we finish our classes, therefore we're dead. But we're not dead. We just finished our classes and hopefully we got a little wiser because that's why we're on earth. For those who haven't grown while on earth, haven't learned to rewire their brains and to get rid of selfishness and pride, they call those people parking. That sometimes you go through life after life parking, meaning you stay the same. And that's a typical uh, trajectory of lives. That people will park for a long time and then all of a sudden they'll, the light will turn on and they will start rising. I do not understand you, I replied. And then the spirit said, let me give you the outline of a parable over which you may reflect until someone else is sent to afford your clear information. Children are coaxed to sleep on earth by the singing of nursery rhymes, the fabulous heroes of which become historical characters in the minds of the little listeners until the realities of life dispel the illusion. So children of a larger growth upon entering this life find that even so have they been lulled to spirits of slumber by the fictions of the nurses of their souls. It is the awakening to the truth of this fact which makes this land of surprises, as you'll find it to be as you proceed. But now I must leave you and take a little brother to the children's home where you will meet him again presently. So what is he saying is that we're not being told the truth of what's awaiting us. So throughout written history, the priestly class knows a lot more of the truth than has been told to us. And in fact, spirits have told us through spiritism, spiritist writings, that even in the New Testament, there were pa many passages, and there's still hints of passages about reincarnation. Uh, Buddhism and Hinduism all talks about openly about reincarnation. But that one of the reasons that those the passages about reincarnation were taken out is because when they, the church became organized and became more of a state religion, the, the people in power, and they were talking one time like a, a wife of a senator, said, well, I don't want to say that I can be reincarnated. I don't want to say I can be reincarnated as a maid. I'm the wife of a senator, right? Or I am a senator. Don't put that in there. And also, it, by knowing of reincarnation and the eternal life, this is, and of course, this is what Jesus said, right? This, the, the real kingdom is his kingdom, not our physical kingdom on earth. But the priestly class of the Catholic religion and other religions, you know, like the same thing in ancient Egypt and the pagan religions of different countries. They want to keep power to themselves. They want people to be dependent on them because that is how they make a living. That's how they gain wealth. Spiritism, in spiritism, you, it's, they say it's not a religion, it's a doctrine. There's no things to, that you have to eat or have or not have to wear. Uh, there's no spiritist priest. At the Spiritist Center, there's like someone will give a talk about the different aspects of Spiritism. You'll go and maybe get passes. You may contribute to the church if you if you like. But that's all up to you. 
there's no such thing as well if you don't go again they're going to come and tell you oh well, you're excommunicated now like i had friends in high school like didn't go to their catholic church and they got a letter saying you're going to be excommunicated you're you know you're going to rot in hell if you don't come back to our church which is always you know amusing you know god bless them all and so no you won't get that in spiritism spiritism is we're here i'm here as as a my uh, as a humble servant as a as a, a felled spirit in many things just to present information and to pique your interest a bit to to kind of kind of you know deprioritize your material your materialistic uh desires and kind of incentivize you to okay well i should learn about really who am i and what's going to happen after this life is over because you're never going to die and if you can just learn a little bit it's going to just be so much better for you you won't be as surprised as this guy when you get to heaven you'll be able to start off very well okay let me continue with a kindly salutation he departed and i was left alone to think on all he had said his parable was pregnant with the revelation that the future alone could intelligently unfold but one thing was evident i had taken the irrevocable step have solved the grand secret yet what I, had i learned i was merely waiting with the knowledge that the act of dying had been unconsciously accomplished what would be the result whatever it might be i could not now go back i had to meet my fate one thing i had been assured there was no need to fear i did not was not even anxious i was content so i waited and pondered so also notice i was on this hill and you know as far as he was concerned in his mind he ran out to, to protect the boy and the next moment he was on the grassy slope there was no memory of being you know crushed by horses hooves or the heavy you know you may imagine you know those wagons back then you know, they weren't like rubber tires that were inflated they were a lot of weight on them and they probably really crushed you pretty darn well uh you know with carriages going back and forth on a busy street of of london there's no memory of that and again you hear about the same thing as christians died in the circus is that they would they would die oh we're in chapter two okay so we're done for the day they would die but then uh, just be they would have no memory of when just before like the lion would kill them or you know gladiators or wh however they would die i mean nero would make christians uh human uh human torches right he would light them on fire uh it's pretty bad how, how some of these people died pretty sad uh completely so let me put this out so that is chap that's the end of chapter one so tomorrow oh, not tomorrow next next tuesday i should say next week i will then start chapter two now i i looked at the number of pages so i could probably do more pages going forward so this is only lasted about a half hour but i want to if anybody have any questions i can keep going a little bit but i i wanted to show people i think this is a great book uh this is different than the last two books i went over were these spirits kind of went down and they had to work their way back up this person was a really good person and went straight to heaven and that's really the plan that should be there for all of us right is to be um uh 
repair ourselves, rip out our primitive emotions well enough to be able to at least go into one of the lower levels of heaven. That's my goal. Um, because in the lower levels, as you've, if you've heard these previous talks on Tuesdays, are not pleasant places. Now, of course, again, as I will reiterate, you know, this, this, this isn't meant for punishment. People will think it's punishment, and the spirits who are in these lower areas will not know that it's temporary, so they'll think it's eternal punishment. But it's really there because of the law of affinity places you with people who are like you. And then you, what you do is you learn, if you're in these lower zones, is it's not a pleasant place to be because people treat you as you treated them in the past. It's the kind of the inverse of the golden rule. Others will treat you if you've treated them. And this is why the things that Jesus said would um, is, are so pertinent. So here's a question. What would be a good book to share with someone that lost a loved one but knows nothing of spiritism? Oh, that's a good question. And, ah, a good book would be Violets on the Window. And uh, I can't remember who it is by. Let me look this up because that is a good one. This is about... This is about a young woman. I think she was like 19. and But she was raised in the spiritist family. And it's about her going into heaven and all the things she's learned in heaven. And what a great thing it is. And it's really an easy book to read. Uh, it's a wonderful book. Let me look this up. Hold on a second. Because that's a... Let's on the window. There we go. See if I can bring up the. Okay, here we go. I will share the screen. Let me share right here. So it's Violets in the Window, and it is by Vera Lucia Marginic de Cavallo. So it's originally in Portuguese because a lot of the really uh, mediums that do that are uh, in Brazil and Portuguese. And spiritists make about between 5 and 10% of the people in Brazil. So uh, hopefully we'll get more. We get more than that in the United States and the English-speaking world at some point. But I would say this is an excellent book. It's a very easy read. There's no hard concepts. It's very loving. Um, and I actually went through it on a whole... It's, if you look on the playlist on my YouTube channel, you will see uh, I have a whole playlist where I go through the book and I explain the book. So that's something else that you could do that. But that is what... I would recommend Violets on the Window. I think that should make them um, feel good about that. And then you can show them the Spirits book and my free PDF and and so forth. Oh, it says, thanks a lot. Oh, this is great. My name is Violet. <laughs> That's, yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah, so it's a, it's a marvelous book. So I, I would, I would uh, recommend it. And it's Kindle version is only $5.99. 
So I hope that answers your questions. I will uh, sign off and wish everyone uh, a wonderful rest of your day and week. And I want to say God bless. God bless everyone.